focus is a big part of, of everything. Mm -hmm. Like I need to focus on getting more deals, running our business. That's like where my focus needs to be. In order to do the job right, to resell a property, you've got to be focused on selling it. Like that's going to be your, your laser focused. Like I have this listing, I need to sell it. That's it. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. I was going to steal your line and just cut you off and say that, but... Well, that's okay. You can do that. If you so, want to be the intro gal, you can do that. In intro gal. That's this. okay. Um, so what's the title for this one? Well, this one is called We Bought a Lake. When you told me that earlier, it reminded me of We Had a Baby, It's a Boy. Okay. We had a baby. It's a boy. Yeah. Like those old commercials where you had to pay out like for, you know, using oh, the, yeah, um, it was great. It was a collect call. It was, right. That was the thing. They had to make a collect call and they're like, well, what's, what's your name? Uh, and then they're like, we had a baby. It's a boy. And then, you know, like the people were trying to save money. So they didn't accept the call, yeah. but they, they got the information anyhow. So. Yeah. I don't know why that just triggered that memory. That was great. There were some great commercials on back then. Yeah, I know there were. The, it was actually entertaining. Like yes. it was fun to watch it. Now it's like, I don't even know. Do we watch commercials? Because I watch everything on like streaming. So yeah, well, sometimes we have to watch commercials. Yeah, but I think I just block online. Them out. I guess online, so. so. Um, so I had something um, I didn't even bring it up to you before till just now because I was like, oh, we should talk about this. So, you know, the devastating fires in Lahaina. Mm -hmm. We've been to Maui beautiful and it's like it's devastating yeah it sucks if you have a vacation plan there but it's worse for people who are dead or you know lost your historic grounds but um i saw someone on the news talking about how how land investors she's like we're me and my family members are getting inundated this was like the day after the fires with offers to buy the land that really? the house is just burned down on Crazy. isn't that insane that's insane yeah kind of a side note on that mm -hmm. um i actually had a similar circumstance that was completely unplanned. Anyhow, I had batched out a group of a mail to send out to a county in Northern California. And this was a couple years ago, right when I started. Anyhow, sent the mail out there and then there was a fire. Like, oh, yeah. So I, you know, it was just horrible timing. Mm -hmm. You know, no one said anything or like, they were probably they, like, yes, we do want to sell. Yeah. Actually, I did get a lot mm -hmm. of responses, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to be that person at all. It was just a, like a weird, crazy coincidence. Well, I think the difference was that these people were targeting houses. So they were pulling uh, and they were texting and calling. So the mm. day after. Wow, that's that's nuts. Right. And so they were targeting houses that, you know, they knew like the whole area had burned down. So they're pulling house listing or house information and mm -hmm. then calling and saying, hey, your house burned down. You probably don't want to rebuild. How about I'll just pay land value? Crazy. I know, but then it's just kind of like, and then I saw this whole, like it divulged from the, or divulged, it devolved, devolved. You can totally make fun of, I say that, like, I, I think on the last video I said, what did I say? Robert? You said Robert Kawasaki. Right. I'm sorry. And I, Kiyosaki, yes, yeah. I take a hundred percent. Um, I say the wrong word and I, Pete, I say he's like my, uh, seeing word or, or speaking word husband, like, okay, not well, my we've got a, dog. we've got a good list of Heather's phrases. She, you know, she likes to use a lot of these type of phrases and say things. And sometimes there's a word or two off, but it, it it's pretty comical. So right in my head. That's the worst part. It's like, it's so on it. Like I have a hundred and I've had some people, um, that have been convinced that it was the right, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, absolutely. And then I was like, you know, an hour later, I'll be like, I, I said that wrong. They're like, really? Because I'm so, my conviction is so there. Yes. But anyway, so we got to get that list out someday. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Um, but that was, that's interesting. Thank you for that. But so the, the whole comment section, like kind of like freaked out from there because it's like, oh yeah, land investors are complete sharks and stuff. It's like, those aren't actually land invest. Like those are just people, those are opportunistics. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know, that's not like, you're not, ac after it settles and stuff, if people don't want the land, whatever, but just timing, Ter bad yes, timing, like, bad come timing. on. Yeah. yeah. They're still looking for bodies in the rubble. And I was just like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, don't, don't be that person. Yes, definitely. Hey, we're all for a great deal and everything like that, but uh, the human aspect of things really needs to come first, you know? And I think that also comes up a lot in just what you're dealing with because a lot, it, you're, you know, this, we are the convenience buyer, mm -hmm. right? 
And a lot of people are fine with that. They don't, it's, they don't, they will discount what they could get putting it on the open market so they don't have to deal with that. I get that. A lot of people just hate that kind of stuff. Um, But at the heart of it, you are dealing with people, right? And you're trying to create a win-win and you have to understand that a lot of them, maybe this is not like something that they do every day. So if they ask you a question, they're not trying to be a jerk. They're Mm -hmm. trying to understand the process. Just remember that you're dealing with humans. Yep. Every which way. And your goal is to put the deal together, not to be a jerk. Yeah, it's a people business. You're dealing with a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the whole process. You're dealing with the seller. You're dealing with closing companies. You're dealing with other agents, other agents. Yes. If you get into that. Yeah. And maybe vendors, if you're doing any sort of improvements on the property. So there's a lot of things that go into it. So Mm -hmm. make sure you're a good person in these deals. And then, uh, for over the long term, things will work out better. Don't, don't look at the short term and think, Oh, I can squeeze this much more out of it. If I do this or whatever, you know, think about the long term and, uh, I think things will go better for you. Right. And you've walked away from deals that you legally could have forced a closure. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just because it's like, whatever, someone changed it. You know, there's certain situations where it's like, it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth the hassle. Right. Not worth the hassle. You know, it's better to move on to a property that's easier deal to get done and, uh, focus our efforts on that. And you talked on vendors too, county or city people too. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of times are very regimented. They follow exact, you know, they're government employees. And a lot of it is that they have to do it. You think of like the DMV. Mm-hmm. So they might not be trying to be unhelpful. Some of them try to be unhelpful. But, you know, your job should be making it easy for them. What do they need to check off this box right. when you're going to them? But we could do a whole episode on, on yeah, that. Yeah, on the DMV, you mean? On the DMV, no. I don't want to do anything What was the that DMV? one movie? I didn't even see it, but I just saw the Zootopia preview. Or Zootopia something? yeah, where they end. The sloth was like... <laughs> I watched it on a plane and I was, was like so funny. cracking up. I was thinking like so everyone's funny. watching me watch this cartoon that I'm like laughing. I hadn't seen it before. It was actually really cute. It was it good? It was frustrating because you're like, yeah, this is exactly the situation. Yeah. So today's episode is going to be, we bought a lake. Now, this is a property that we bought. Can we call it also, we sold a lake? And we sold a lake yeah. too. Yeah. So well, maybe we'll A, B split the titles to see what does better on YouTube. Right. We've done it. We've bought and sold a couple lakes, right? Kind of. Yeah. Yes, we did. So yes. I have no idea which one okay. we're even talking well, about. Well, we're going to be talking about um, the one that was most interesting uh, that, you know, kind of a big story along with it and, and kind of lots of twists and turns. So we're going Is to talk. Is the one that I didn't want to sell at after at the end? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that story, the property, uh, how it all went down, the deal, break down the deal in detail and, uh, you know, just give you a little bit of insight into how some of these things go in this business. So. I thought of a new title. What? Pete bought a lake. Heather didn't want to sell the lake. Pete sold the lake. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's good. I'm not sure that'll... Pete sold my lake. <laughs> not sure is that, that says Pete sold my lake. Uh-huh. Well, maybe that'll work. Uh-huh. I don't know. But before we get into that, I do want to do uh, just a little bit of a uh, reminder. If you're new to listening or watching this podcast on YouTube... Uh, We do have quite a bit of resources if you are interested in land flipping. Uh, One of those, and one of my my pride and joy, is our Land Conquest training program. Land Conquest. I feel like we needed that button. Please make that happen. I'll try to figure out the technology on this thing uh, to make that happen. Or maybe in editing, they could do that. Land Conquest. I'll send you guys the file, the editors, and we'll do that. Yeah, I need to hear that, that. Voice. Yes. Okay. Because okay. I hear it in my head. Anyhow, Land Conquest is our land flipping training program. Takes you from A to Z, what you need to do in order to set up a land flipping business, how to flip land, how to evaluate properties, how to sell properties, everything you need to know. I mean, it, it's everything that's in here. It's put down into a training program. Dear and God, that sounds Yeah, messy. everything related to land flipping, that is. Okay, okay. But it's, uh, it's very extensive, worked really long and hard on it, spent a lot of money getting it produced and put together. And we've had some just amazing feedback on it as well. Right. But no but, one cares about that because all they care about is that it actually teaches them how to do this. That's right. It, no it actually cares works. about your time. Yeah, that, that's true. That, your that, money. that actually is irrelevant. It teaches you how to land flip. I so, care about that part. Yeah. So if you're interested in that and you think this business model uh, has some potential for you, which I, you know, I'm a big fan of, obviously, then all you need to do to get that is you go to landconquest.com and that will get you access to our free or our community, which is completely free. At no cost. At no cost. And then to all our members in the community, you have that training program available to you at no cost. Right. And here's Nothing. the thing that you can buy courses, you could buy training programs, and they're you know, two to ten thousand dollars that, that can help you learn this business, but you chose to put it out at yeah. no cost. Everyone who watches this knows I hate when he says free, so that's why yeah. I'm it. Yeah, it makes him. it sound cheap. 
Right, because it's yeah. not free. I could easily charge thousands of dollars for it. Right, and it know? would still be completely worth it. And you're not doing this out of the bottom of your heart, although, yes, it's really cool to be able to... I have to say, it is cool to be able to be in a position where we can offer it at no cost because you know that there's going to be people who would really benefit from it that would either not be able to pay for it or would choose not to pay for it or whatever. And it, it can be life-changing, but you're not just doing it at the bottom of your heart because we will make money. We have other things yes. that, that work into this. and Yeah. So, so we've got a number of different things in the community and as part of the program that we are going to be making money from. One of them specifically, uh, which we have already launched, is called the Partner with Pete program. It's partnerwithpete.com. And if you go there, there's a video about me on there, me talking about all the different uh, aspects of the program. But essentially what it is, is it's a program where we partner on deals. You as the investor would find the deal, submit it on this Partner with Pete site, and then I evaluate it. And if it's a, if it's a deal, we put up our money to actually buy the property to, and then we plug it into our process, uh, our team and everything to get it closed, uh, to do all the due diligence. We hire a photographer, you know, if it needs brush clearing or survey, we pay for that. And then we get the property resold. We work with a broker or agent to resell it for us, put it into our whole process. And then at the end of the day, the profit that's left, uh, we split 50-50, even. So you don't put any money forward as the investor. We do all of that and we put everything else uh, to the uh, uh, into it in order to get that deal closed and resold. And then we split it 50-50. There's no downside for the investor. You know, like if we were to lose money or something like that, I'm, I'm not coming after you for the money. <laughs> it's uh, it'd be all, uh, all the risk is on us. And the other thing is that in no matter how long it takes, we'll still split that profit. You still have your right to the 50% share of, of the profits that are generated on that deal. So we tried to create something that's a win-win. We know that's an obstacle. You know, we in land flipping, there aren't the established hard money or lending type programs that are available to buy raw pieces of land. We understand this business. We know a deal when we see one. So that's why we're confident in doing it this way. And uh, it's a win-win, you know? So. Yeah, two things. Well, I think land's misunderstood, which creates a, an enormous value and opportunity for people who are willing to invest in it and also in this situation. So it just makes sense. The other thing is, while you were talking about it, I realized that I need to create help with Heather, Helpfromheather.com. Okay, that's good. Right, and then I'll Register compete with you. Yeah. I'll have worse terms because yours are way better. Um, okay. You know, but anyways, I thought it would be really fun to do. Um, so we have that. And, and why do we talk about this? It's because we believe in transparency. There's a lot of like false gurus out there, you mm. know, doing all this weird stuff. And like, I'm giving it to you for free, but really they're going to ask you for like your firstborn child. I mean, I'm it's cool with cost. that. I, I like kids. So, yeah. Um, I guess depending Ours on the kid. Ours is 23 now, so yeah. Yeah, I know. I Maybe I want a toddler. I don't really want to do the baby yeah. thing again, too. I don't know. You know, we just want to be out completely up front. But um, what we did when we created this whole ecosystem was thinking about mitigating how to go from nothing to where you want to be. Yeah. And we were like, what would it take? Well, you need a really high quality training program. And then we were like, should we charge for it or should we offer it at no cost? And then we're like, if we offered it at no cost, because that would be kind of cool to do, how would we make money? So partner with Pete, obviously. Again, it's not like you're charging up front. It's it's a kind of a, a revenue no money out of pocket. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but that helps you get funding. We're going to have a business management. Am I calling it the right thing? Cause yeah, we, yeah. we're Our so business weird. System. Thank mm -hmm. you. I, I like business management system better. I think I <laughs> okay. might change your words. Well, okay. That'll be available. And then you're going to have, which I think is maybe if, the, if I was looking at the biggest value ever or on top of that is going to be a mentorship, program. a mentorship program. I want to call it like more of a mentorship community because we want to be very specific who is in this community. Um, it has to be people who really are either doing it or or are going to do yeah, it. Yeah, are serious about serious of making a real business out of it. That's our that's our um, that's our main thing. And we want to have like top tier conversations and you know sharing of tools, services, stuff like that, and then also accountability. It's there's going to be a lot of stuff, and that's why it's not completely ready because Pete doesn't put out anything until it's. Yeah, Perfect. until it's ready to Me, go. I'm like, ah, let's just get it out, you know, and yeah. then we can ramp it up and he won't do that. So, so. quick recap, Land Conquest, well, mm -hmm. partner with Pete, partnerwithpete.com. That's already up and going. We've got 20 deals or whatever so far that we're we're moving forward with under that program. And we just launched this, uh, I don't know, a little over a month and a half ago. And we just resold one of the uh, the first partner with Pete uh, properties. And the the partner got $17,000 plus and we got $17,000 plus in profit. So, Win -win. Yeah, win-win. So we got partner with Pete. We've got the Land Conquest business system, which is uh, 
it's not just a CRM, but that is a big part of it. But there's also all of our automations and business systems that are all in there that you can plug your business into, then uh, kind of be up and running uh, right away. And a lot of things has a website, has phone numbers, lots of different things uh, associated with that. And then we've got that that uh, mentorship program, which is high end. Obviously, you don't need to do any of those paid things or any uh, right. take advantage of any of those services, but they're there. And we tried to solve problems or, or needs that uh, that may came, come up as you start scaling your business and actually doing things. So. Right. And the Land Conquest community, I think it asked for like an email and... Yeah, it asked a few questions. Yeah. So, um, so you're not giving like a credit card or your blood type or social security no, number. nothing like that. And that gives you access to our community and it also gives you access to the training right. modules. So anyways, let's take it away into today's... Let's talk about this lake. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll just start telling the story. And if I'm not telling the complete story, just cut you off, just cut me off Got like it. you normally do. Got it. Anyhow, I'm going to kick you under the table. For <laughs> we that generated one. this deal like we do with all of our other deals. This was about two years ago now, maybe a little bit longer ago, actually, where sent out mail. It was one of the, one of the first batches of mail I sent out, I believe. And the purchase agreement came back in the mail, you know, like that's one of the things that happens sometimes. Like sometimes we send out a purchase agreement with an offer on it. This one actually came back. They mailed it back. They didn't even call me or anything. They just signed it and sent it back to me. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, so it was 23 acre property. And I looked it up, you know, on the software to see what exactly it was. And I think we had offered somewhere around $50,000 for it, something like that. So on on the surface, it sounded like a pretty good deal. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) This property is a little strange. It was mostly a lake. So it's about 23 acres. 17 acres of that was a lake. And about six acres of it was a little bit of land to the side of it, which is kind of marshy type property, not really type use, not really that usable. And then some roads in this established subdivision, which were actually part of the deal for some reason. Anyhow, so I looked at it and I immediately thought, ah, you know, this is a little too weird. I could, you know, obviously there's no comps out there for anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's such a weird thing. So what I did was I contacted the seller and I'm like, hey, it looks like a very interesting property. Asked them some questions about trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, how did you end up with this? It was in an like an LLC name. It was kind of like a sounded like a developer's name or something like that. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. So I believe if my memory serves me, what happened is this person inherited this property from their dad who had owned it and developed this community. And he retained this lake for some reason. I don't know if it was meant to be in an HOA or something originally, but they never, you know, established that. And this guy, who was the original developer, still owned it. This guy that I talked to that signed the offer and sent it back to me inherited it. And he was kind of frustrated because this is an established community. So this is a nice community. There was a lake. There was nice homes all around it. And even people had put docks in there and, and everything. It was beautiful, really beautiful property. There was a dam on the one side, kind of like an earthen dam, I guess you could say. And I have no idea what an earthen dam is. It's like a, I don't know, big mound of dirt that keeps all the water in. So we're not talking about like a thousand beavers building this. It's like a no. man-made, like, but it's not like the type that opens and closes. Or? No, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I think if the, the water earthen, level got to it, it would just go over it. Earthen you know? dam. Yeah. So, so anyhow. Okay. All right. So the homeowners there were on this guy a little bit to like mow this property, and you know he's got to like maintain this dam and do all this stuff. And the roads. And the roads, you know. But I, I don't know that they were harassing him uh-huh. about that because I don't know if they really understood the he and the roads uh-huh. road still. Anyhow. Okay. So <laughs> so regardless, he was kind of fed up with the property. So uh-huh. I, anyhow, after he sent that in, I called him up, tried to find out a little bit of information. And then I'm like, hey, I can't buy this at, at this price. You right. Know, well, like, because we couldn't build on that one because we kind of like were thinking, okay, well, what can we do? And that the part of land, I think some of the land was even on the other side of one of the roads maybe or something. Am I confused? Yeah, 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 it was. Okay. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, but it wasn't enough that you could build on that side, I don't think. And then mm-hmm. the other part was was Marsh. And I was like, well, maybe someone would be interested in buying it 
like if they owned the lake and they had that marsh thing, you could maybe put up some sort of like basic hut and do kayaks. I, we were trying to figure out because it was a, it was a nice area. though, mm-hmm. yep. And these people did have their, you know, their launch pad, all this stuff from their houses. Like, well, then there's liability. It, it was kind of like yeah. one of those things where I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I was I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Because you know? we hadn't done a bunch of deals at that point. And I think maybe. We had closed 10 deals or something like that at that point. So we were new in this land flipping Mm -hmm. business. So I went back to him. He's like, well, so what would it take? Like, what price would it take? And I'm like, you know, I threw out a number that I thought like he would just say no, because I really didn't want to buy it. And it was just kind of like, eh. And I said, you know, it would have to be really low, like 10 grand. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then you had to come back to me and be like, okay, yeah. so he agreed to 10 yeah. grand. And I was like, you've got to be kidding so, me. So, so then I did my best sales pitch to Heather, showed her all these like beautiful pictures on this property and, and everything like that. And she never really said no, but she's like, are you sure this is the right thing to do? And she was making me second guess myself. Well, and this would have gone under our, our thing as a gamble. Like, yeah, this, it was this speculation. Been, mm-hmm. There was no, like you said, there was no comps. I didn't see a clear exit, really. You know, I was kind of like, well, maybe someone, it was close enough to a big city, but it was a nice community. And I thought, well, maybe someone would want it because there was space for you to at least use the lake. Mm-hmm. And maybe they would create some sort of association and, and then charge people who are using. I didn't know how that, you know, I thought, okay, well, maybe. And at $10,000. Right. That's what I thought. Like, it was so cheap. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to figure out something. It's for funny, this. though, because now, like, that wouldn't be, although $10,000 feels cheap. In some ways, I would have been like, we would have needed to get it cheaper. Mm-hmm. Well, what ended up happening mm-hmm. is that we closed the deal, mm-hmm. right? So my plan was that obviously no comps around or anything. So we were just going to be, you know, with the real estate broker we were using, we were like, hey, like, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could be, you know, 100,000, could be 50,000, could be 30,000. Yeah, like there's just no precedence here. So. Mm-hmm. What we ended up doing was I was like, okay, let's put it on the market for forty nine nine. That sounds kind of reasonable. It seems like it would be kind of a, a good deal. And what I was really hoping was that it would catch the attention of one of the owners that lived on the lake. Because there's probably 30 or 40 homes, maybe, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, that and they were, were actually nice. on the shorelines. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, some, one of those people is going to want to buy the lake. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. They're going to want to be the king of this community. And it's really, it's really uh, strange, you know, in a lot of areas, this would never, ha- never have happened. You know, you buy a home, you would make sure that this home that you're buying has, it's, has access to actually use this lake. Right. But they had nothing. They had no homeowners association. They had no type of like deeded access to this lake. N- none of that kind of stuff. So they had just gone into it thinking, I guess it was okay. And I don't know. But I was thinking, you know, like this would really make sense for one of these homeowners to buy it. So the agent, first thing he did was he sent out postcards to all the owners along the lake there Mm -hmm. and let them know about the new listing. His phone started blowing up right away. (laughs) Right. Because everyone's like, "Um, we can buy this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And, you know, and then he was getting some calls from a couple of angry people that lived there because... They didn't feel like we should have owned this property. They didn't understand how we ended up with it and and all this stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, bottom line, we owned it. Uh, we were allowed to do whatever we want with it. So it's kind of it's know. funny to me. I mean, that's not surprising, but it's always funny to me that people like that would be the first thing I would think of is like I have a, 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 um, a dock into the lake. I would think to check to make sure I can use the lake. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. And then if so, if it turns out that I someone else owns it or whatever, I wouldn't get mad. Like, that's yeah. like the weirdest reaction. But that's how people act. Yeah. You know, it happens a lot, you know, mm-hmm. with people that, you know, they there's a vacant lot across them right. or whatever. And they get angry when, when someone actually wants to do something with it because they feel like that's theirs. Right. Even though it's not theirs. It's <laughs> yeah. not even on the same side of the street. Right. <laughs> but they've driven by it. So it's somehow they have, they right. get to make the decisions. And you're like, yeah, yeah you should have bought it then. Uh, well, right. then if I'm on that side of the street, then I should make decisions about right. you. Yeah. Well, this is a bigger problem with the world right now, so we won't go there. But so yeah, so he started fielding these angry calls and and some interested calls, some reasonable people, some people that were not reasonable. Regardless, he's like, so my my agent was like, hey, why don't you guys set up some sort of like buy it together, pull together and buy it? You know, obviously these people were still using the lake, and no one told them they couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, so that I think that's maybe where the, the problem came in. 
And it's not like when we came in, we said, hey, you can't use the lake. Although, you know, it probably was a liability thing for us to, yeah, and looking, to not tell them that. But. And they were kind of like not very cool. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I wish I had. Right. It would have been fun. Right. I, I visualized my own brain to get down to their level. Like, you well, know, yeah, you know, we, we were talking like, well, we should, you know, we should uh, play hardball with them yeah. and stuff like that. But then I'm thinking, you know, do we really want to get in some battle about this? It's like ridiculous. No, and, but it was because they were like making it personal. And, and another really good reason not to use um, to use, not to not use, but to use an agent or a broker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it, that was probably the only time we've ever done one that was personal. Like mm-hmm. they were like, well, how they can't do that. I was like, well, how can I, you know? So, it, that ends up happening. Mm-hmm. They end up getting together. Yeah. It gets, you know, they put an offer in. We accept the offer. Kind of, well, we could get into that. But right when we kind of agree to sell to them, I find a listing on the lake. Oh, yes. Yes. And so, this is when I, this is when I, um, this is when I kind of take a dive emotionally because now I'm like, I love this house. Uh-huh. I would love to buy this house. I own the lake. Right. You know, okay. Yes. It's in a different state on the other side of the country, but I'm like, Eh, I might just buy this house, you know? Okay. I know. Yeah. So this listing comes up right as we're negotiating this deal and everything like that. This listing came up. It was a great house right on the lake, premium lot. And it was actually right on the lake, but also right next to the other piece of land, land that came land. with this, uh-huh. this property. So it just seemed like the perfect fit. And we were like, should we just buy this house and combine it together? And then either... You know, like keep it as a, you know, an Airbnb or Heather's primary residence, you know, use it part time or something like that. I don't know. We started thinking about all these ideas and we decided against it. <laughs> I think because you had already kind of. Yeah. I mean, we had kind of agreed in principle to a deal. Mm-hmm. As far as the numbers go, the deal, you know, we listed it for forty nine nine. I think. So what happened is a lot of these homeowners then banded together and they said, OK, we're going to put together a homeowners association. We're going to form an LLC and sell shares of it to all the people on the lake. So they they came with an offer that was really low, like 22000 or 25000 or something like they that. They were like, then you can double your money. I love when right. people do that. It's yeah. like, that's not how it works. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I still would have sold it to them for that, but... <laughs> But I had to negotiate because right, they were jerks. And yeah, here we go. Another yeah, reason why. So, and I knew that we were in a position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of not in that position at that point. So mm-hmm. regardless, uh, and then plus, when you really think about it, we weren't in that much of a position of power either because the buyer pool is so limited. So at, well, at two the sides there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we um, I remember sitting down and we were like, OK, what do we want to do? We could hold it. Because at this point, I was like committed. I was like, they don't want to buy it. That's fine. I, I really want that house. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. And then we thought, if this was attached to our house, like if our house, and we for some reason didn't think to make sure we had the lake, whatever. What? How would we? What would we want to happen? Mm-hmm. And we were like, we would hope that someone would be take the kind road and mm-hmm. make this transaction happen so that we had access to the lake. Right. Like that's what it came down to. You know, by doing this deal with them. We increase the value of all of their homes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I imagine like maybe their kids, grandkids, whatever, never losing access to this lake. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like you have to sit back and again, be human. Because I was pissed for no reason. Like it was dumb. I think this is the last. I think this is actually the only one I've ever. Yeah. I try not to get you into all these, uh, you know situations when they come up, but we don't have a lot of situations no, like I, that. But if anything yeah. comes up, I try to filter those out for Heather because. This is what happens. I buy a house on a lake just so other people can't have their lake. No, I mean, at the end of the day, we were like, hey, that's the right thing to do. But that would have been so cool. If the timing had just been a little bit different, Mm -hmm. I could have definitely seen us doing that. Right. And then we could have sold them shares to our lake and given them permission. But then we would have, I would have been not felt comfortable unless we got insurance and all this other, you know what I mean? It would have been a whole nother business to get up and going. And honestly, we were really focused on our land flipping. Things were going really well. We wanted to just work on scaling that business up. And uh, so that's what we ended up doing. So ultimately, we negotiated a deal at, uh, I've got my numbers written down here. So it's good because I have no idea. Um, We ended up Selling it for negotiating a deal at 30000 Remember, yeah. Um, they formed an LLC, so there's a little bit of a delay for the closing. I think right. it, it, you know, it was supposed to be 30 days. I think it ended up being like 45 or 60 days, something like that, because they were working on paperwork with an attorney and everything. So at the end of the day, what happened was we bought it for 10000 but it was, you know, eleven or 12000 with all the closing costs and everything. We sold it for 30000 commissions and closing costs on that side. 
ended up with a gross profit of $15,078.54 on a $10,000 investment. Right. So, And all this fun story to tell. It's weird, though, because I feel like in the olden days, I don't know when the olden days are, but you knew your neighbors better. You would have known the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And this never would have even happened. Like they were kind of rude to this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was willing to get rid of it at any cost just because he didn't want to deal with them. Right. And because they didn't think of him as a human being, just some, you know, right. whatever. And they didn't take into account the fact that he inherited this. It had no value to him. He's not using it. And then they're harassing him to, like, upkeep something for their own enjoyment without. Right. Like, weird. Right. Yeah. There was no mm-hmm. there was no win win there. And in the olden days, it would have been like, oh, that's Joe's like. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I. I wonder if we will never know, but the real story on that was I wonder if it was just a failed because we have seen that before where you think there's an HOA or a community thing set up and it just never gets done. Yeah. And so it stays in the deed or a lot of people will break off the sole big. Um, we actually knew someone who bought here in California. Um, he was an immigrant. And he came and and bought a huge amount of land. And I think he literally built this house that was okay house it provided shelter but to him it was you know a castle he sold off all the land around it and then he wrote into the contract that he gets one of the new ones when they build it Mm, yes we don't know at what you know or did this guy for the lake did he say well i'll do all the houses and i get to keep the lake with that one piece of land because he was really into boating or fishing yeah you know it could have been an intentional thing and then people put up these docks and he was kind of like, okay, you can use it a little, you know, Mm -hmm. we just don't know. That's why it's so important to have all this, um, the backstory when you're doing things and to check that stuff. Right. Yeah. This is a really interesting deal. We learned a lot about it. I would do it again. First of all, $10,000. It is a speculative type deal. I've got a lot more information now. I know how it went. So (laughs) that's okay. So yeah. Okay. But if the same property came up and I didn't have this experience, I'm pretty sure I would do this deal again. Mm -hmm. It seemed, it seemed, it seemed like the value was really there. Like it seemed like kind of like a no brainer that the value was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, In hindsight, you know, I guess there was a lot of things that could go wrong. So it's possible I could have ended up with a big liability, say the dam broke. Or say, (laughs) I mean, there are, there are, you know, there are things to consider with something like that. You know, someone has a boating accident, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different things. I think of all bad things and I didn't think of the dam breaking. So thank you for that. That'll be my new. Yes, that's. uh, So maybe before you take um, possession, you would want to look into some sort of insurance. That'd probably be a good idea with a property like this. Yeah, if that's, if that's customary. The Mm -hmm. other thing I was thinking of is maybe. You know, it worked out that the, all the houses on that lake were kind of, it was, it was built out. They were good. Ha- they were nice houses. They yeah. were nice, ha- not good houses, but nice houses. But maybe if there was only a couple of them and they were like, um, more like, you know, bare bones summer houses, if mm-hmm. that, maybe there wouldn't have been the same interest. I mean, bottom line is a beautiful property. It was a beautiful lake, beautiful area. Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Very well done. Just... Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, it just it, it was a unique circumstance and it and thankfully it worked out well. I guess I guess it's it's possible it could have gone the other direction mm-hmm. as well. And then we could have been out ten thousand dollars or had a had a major liability against us. So. Right. And, and so what happens if we do end up with a property that's just not going to happen? Donate it. Like, what would you do? How would you dispose of it? You mean that you just couldn't sell for any reason? I mean, there's always a price uh-huh. that someone's going to buy it. I don't know. You didn't even want to list it for some reason. Like the liability to even list it. Like you needed to get rid of it right away. What would right. you do? I mean, I would reduce it to the point where it sells. So, I mean, there's always a price someone's going to be interested. You put this on Facebook Marketplace and you said, I've got a lake for- 100 bucks. You know, $5,000. Someone's going to jump all over it. So you don't think that there's any situation where you could mm. be stuck with something? I think there are situations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of put me on the spot here. I <laughs> I always think that there's going to be a buyer at some price. Uh-huh. Now, I guess, like you said, like maybe at some point it's a strategic thing. If you get stuck with the property, you donate it for the tax write-off. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a possibility. You know, I asked a broker that one time on a property I was trying to get a broker opinion on. He's like, ah, you know, with this one, I would just donate it for for a tax loss. Or, I remember like, that. 
I'm like, why would I do that? Like, I bought it for twenty five thousand, and ultimately I ended up selling it for sixty thousand. Yeah, that was really weird, though. You call. I remember that whole thing, and he mm-hmm. was like, "I wouldn't even really give a price. I think I would just don't." Like you said, I just acquired this, and mm-hmm. I'm looking for it. You told him the whole thing. Like, right. this is what I do. It's how I think. And he was like, "Yeah, this one I would just donate it for tax." Yeah, it's like, like fifteen acre property, and it was a commercially zone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't thank know, you, sir, for your yeah. um, expert tax and. You know, planning. Right. So don't believe everything you hear, I guess. You know, you get a parking if, if, if violation get, and a If you get a sleeve. weird broker opinion. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Quoting. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you do get a weird broker opinion mm-hmm. off on the side tangent, I always get a second broker opinion. Maybe, maybe someone that knows their stuff a little better. Yeah. If they kind of act like feel like you're blowing, they're blowing you off. Yeah. Like they're too good to handle a property like this. Then, you know, then don't let them list and sell it for you because they're not going to give any effort into it. No. And, and how they treat you, they're treating you 10 times better than they will treat a caller. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. We've gone through that again or before, but it's, if you're like, you want to know about that, definitely read uh, or watch or listen to our podcast on, didn't we do one on finding an agent? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We, a whole episode on how to find a great agent or broker makes all the difference. Right. Find the right ones. This is like a good segue into today's questions Yeah, because there was one that was brought up about that. Um, Yep. I don't ever pick these, um, these questions. Um, you go through. Yes. I cherry pick them from our land conquest community. So these are actual questions that were asked in our community over the last week generally. And we'll just pick uh, some highlights and go through as many of them as we can. Right. And this one caught my eye. I was like, we need to answer this one because I almost started typing up a response. Um, and then I was like, it'd be easier just to kind of like do this. So the whole premise of this question was they were talking about our last video. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is more like a conversation that was happening mm-hmm. under a, a post that we made. Right. So. In the community. And, and which was also sharing last week's podcast maybe? yeah last week's podcast okay yeah. so max says hey p great video um with you too oh thank you yes i appreciate that um you mentioned that you're a real estate broker in california right do you ever list your own deals and if not why p.s i love the mixer on the table what brand is it is it oh. he's talking about this yeah yeah i actually never answered that it's a roadcaster pro 2 so it's made so, by road r-o-d-e a revolution preamps Yes. I have no idea all this other yeah, stuff. It does all kinds of cool stuff. That we don't to, use it for. To, do to experiment with some that. of that some days. You say you're only a member of one MLS, which is in San Diego County. We haven't been focused on doing any deals in our backyard. Not the best market for land flipping. Also, I like to focus on finding deals and then hire a broker that is completely focused on that side of the business to sell it. Okay. And then he says, you want to add to that? And then Max says, great info. So even if San Diego was a good land flipping area, you would still hire that side of the business outright, question mark. I'm in a similar situation. He's also licensed in California. Um, and then he adds this, P.S., your free training program is awesome and already implementing the drone photography site you recommend. I uh, bought some lots recently in California and we'll see what they do. Okay. Oh, awesome. So, I mean, we have bought land in California before. Right. Yes. It's just not where our focus is right now. Yeah. Because, there, there are yeah. better lots, especially in San Diego County here. You know, there are stuff in the mountains and kind of in, in the desert type areas in the county, East County. Mm-hmm. But most of the good lots around here have actually been built on. There mm-hmm. are some infill lots that have not been built on, but many of them have problems in some way or another. Right. So. And I don't think there's a lot of people looking for convenience buyers here just because we have an overabundance of agents and mailers going to every person, you know, like yeah. I get them constantly. I get calls and text messages for properties that we didn't even own. I'm just on list for when you were an REO broker. Yeah, so we had to put utilities in our name. Yeah. yeah like we got some sort of list. How many years? That. 15, 16 years ago. I so and they drive me crazy. So I can only imagine here it's, it's crazy, but like, let's touch on why because it's it's a big deal to us that we don't unless right. we have to. You have listed some of ours. Mm-hmm. If we couldn't find an agent, or if it was like like you said, a very very low price that it really wouldn't make sense for an agent mm-hmm. to even take it on. Right nowadays, because we can give enough volume, if we had one like that, they would probably do it as a favor, mm-hmm. like someone we've worked with. But right. so anyways, why? Why don't you do it? Because well, you're capable. You're very capable. Focus is a big part of of everything. Mm-hmm. Like I need to focus on getting more deals running our business, that's like where my focus needs to be. In order to do the job right, to resell a property, you've got to be focused on selling it. Like that's going to be your your laser focused. Like I have this listing, I need to sell it. I need to find a buyer. Mm-hmm. That's it. For me to then, you know, shift gears and kind of like wear both hats and everything, it just doesn't make sense to me. I know that I wouldn't do as good of a job as, as, as someone that I can hire. 
And uh, so that's why I wouldn't even do it if I if, you know, if we did get listings here in San Diego County. And the other thing is, if they're not if they're outside of here for us, yeah, you might know an area really well, but our goal is to find the top land listing agent in that area, yep. maybe even no buyers beforehand, but we'll know, oh, you're talking about 1635 Gerd Smith Road. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's Joe Smith's uncle's whatever. They, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they've got all this like information. They might have sold a property down the street. Mm-hmm. They may have had an agent in their office that sold a property down the street. You know, like there's all this like information that you're not going to have access to. They're going to have the buyer's list. They're going to have they're going to have their marketing system down. The few percentage points that you may save on like not paying them commission or whatever, they're going to be able to make that up if they're good What's at what that? they're doing. Penny, Penny wise and pound foolish. Can I make you say the things? But, uh, you know, the other thing is, too, they're going to know the the most um, the highest and best usage for a lot. Yeah. You know, they're going to say, oh, gosh, there was a house already that they were able to do all this or they needed to use this person to do this or whatever. They're, they have that insider knowledge that's going to be in invaluable mm-hmm. yeah. more than you could imagine valuable. So yeah, even if it was here, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. And even if you came to me and you were like, Hey, I really want to list this. I'd be like, you're crazy. No, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's your time is just better used building the business. And, and a lot of people in this business can't, and I understand cause I don't like to release control over certain aspects. Like, well, I could do that and I do a good job. So why shouldn't I? Well, yes, but you're really good at this. And if you focus just on this and let these things go, you could do this exponentially better and make more money. Yep. Jeremy says multiple business addresses, how many? I feel like Pete Reese uses multiple return local addresses to give your business a more local feel. I'm curious, do others do this? How many addresses do you have, one per state or one per region that you mail? Yeah, I mean, people love getting mail from California. <laughs> yeah. When In I- other states they or local California, you know, area codes. Yes. People love California. Yeah. So this is this is one thing that I didn't really realize at first when we first started off in this business. I was sending all over the country, different, you know, testing out different areas and things, used a local California address, local California phone number. And, you know, we were still getting deals and stuff. But then I was getting a lot of a lot of calls would come in like people from California trying to buy up everything and all this kind of stuff. So I started thinking, you know, it you know, I tried to look at things from from their perspective. You know, a lot of people just don't want someone, an outsider buying into their area. And it's, you know, I I guess I can understand that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, so I tried to overcome that by coming up with, um, by registering different addresses in in the different regions that that we operate in. So I recommend at first, at least, if you're going to, if you're going to send mail to the Northeast, for instance, you know, pick an area in the Northeast that you can be kind of be your base of your northeast operations, mm-hmm. have a phone number, area code associated with that, and have a mailing address associated with that. And then on your your mailer outreach, you use that address and phone number for everything. You say you get to the point where you're like, okay, northeast, but I really, you know, my whole focus is New York. Then you might say, okay, well, I know I love New York. I love New York. There's We've got, about got that. shirts yeah. that say that, yeah. So you might uh, you might come up with a, um, a mailing address inside New York and and focus things a, a little more. So you know regionally you're going to do fine. Mm-hmm. You know you're not going to have that that big resistance. But getting even more dialed in as you really start to focus in on the areas that you really like and do well in. You know the more local you can get, the better. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Like you don't really talk to buyers or sellers much anymore. But when you used to. You, I mean, you grew up on the East Coast, mm-hmm. so yep. they kind of understood that. Right. Yeah. If we were if we we're mailing the East Coast, I would let them know, oh, I'm from here. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I just moved out to California. You know that. So. Yeah. We don't lie. I mean, right. we live in California. Right. I actually can't lie without, I, I open my mouth and people can normally tell. Because I say like. Like? I say like a lot. Okay. Oh, yes. Like, like you do. I like totally like to say that, like totally. <laughs> Tracy says existing lease. Uh-huh. Who has bought properties with existing leases on them, like to a farmer or whatnot? The lease runs out soon, so not worried about that. But my question is, does there need to be anything special written into the purchase agreement with the owner? We just bought one with a lease, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We've we've purchased numerous properties over time. You know, that's that's quite common when you're buying farmland, especially you know, maybe buying it this time of the year or buying it in the spring, you know, mm-hmm. many of these owners, they lease out their property to these farmers once a year. 
You know, it's kind of a yearly kind of renewing type lease. And a lot of these leases, they may be even somewhat of a handshake type agreement instead of something written down. But I always think it's better to address that while you're in the transaction phase, you know, and just say, hey, you know, you've got this lease with this farmer. Can I have a copy of it? And then also maybe just do a little one page thing just saying that, you know, we'll assume your interest in the lease, you know, during this uh, after we close the the transaction. You know, just a one page simple thing generally is fine for that for that type of situation. There could come up a little bit of negotiation too at that point because, you know, say you're buying a property in the summer, they had leased it out to a farmer. These farmers mostly pay the landowner after the harvest. So that may be you're right. So that may be October or something like Mm -hmm. that. So it's a gray area unless you define it. Now, generally, this is not a lot of money, so I never let something like that be a deal breaker. If the seller says, oh, well, that money's coming to me, uh, I would agree to it, you know, generally, unless it's like some sort of tight deal where it didn't work afterwards. Mm-hmm. But if they say, oh, you can have that payment from the farmer, then, then obviously you write that in your little one-page agreement and just so everyone's on the same page, literally. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so. um, the other thing to take into consideration is timing. So it's never our goal to screw with some farmer. Like no, if they've planted it, we want them to be able to harvest it, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like they have the right to, like if they've got a lease anyhow, regardless of what happens with the property right. ownership. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, the, these are, I mean, they're food, it's food source. Like right. we kind of take this to a next level, but also we try to like that, the last one or the one I'm thinking of right now, I don't know if it's our last one, but where they hadn't planted yet. Right. But they had planned to plant. And see, like the way that these farmers work, it's like they already have it pre-sold. Like there's a lot that goes into it. So to us, it's kind of, it can literally be what, like hundreds of dollars. Well, like some, well yeah, it depends how, yeah, it depends it's not, how. It's not hundreds of thousands right. or a, a lot of times. It's, it's, you're talking smaller, smaller amounts, but they've already structured, like you could be ruining their whole business. Mm-hmm. So if you can plan it where, okay, you buy it now, it closes escrow, whatever, you own it. They do their planting um, and then you think about it. Okay. Even if I list it now by the time, because these ones are normally bigger properties that mm-hmm. take longer to close. Right. And then even after it closes, there's a good chance that you can then to the next person say, Hey, we need to allow them the right to harvest it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the farmer has a lease until the mm-hmm. end of October. So you're going to be closing on it in September. So just let that be known that, you know, you're not, you know, the farmer's going to have use of that land until then. So, you know, most people understand that. So it's not, it's not going to be any sort of deal. Yeah, they do like this. And I guess, you know, I was just thinking about it now. Theoretically, if you had to, maybe there's even a way to buy out the farmer. Yeah, maybe pay for their crops. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'll, I'll give this crop, whatever. Who knows? I don't know if they'd even want to because, again, they, they're promised to somebody else. Who knows if that could be the, the food for a, you know cow farm or whatever, right. whatever they yeah. call it. And a if you have farm? a farmer buying called? it, huh? A cow dairy farm? farmer? Dairy, yeah, or something. Yeah. That's funny. A cow farm. Yeah. That doesn't sound Or a rancher. Right. A rancher. Yeah. Thank you. That's the term mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Yeah. So anyways, it, it's something to consider. And this goes with just anything. Get it in writing so everyone understands. Right. Yeah. Make sure that there's a general understanding of everything. The more you can put in details, the less there is for confusion later. Yeah. No, no need. To, you know, this is my personal opinion and I'm not giving legal advice or anything like mm-hmm. that, but you know, something as simple as that, I don't think you really need to, you know, bring attorneys to review things and all that stuff. But, you know, like you I said, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not giving you legal, legal advice. Definitely not because he's yes. mad he's not an attorney. This just is just what I, I'm just telling me. you what I do. Right. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. But you, I'm sure an attorney would be happy to take money and yeah. answer that for you. So And make it more complicated than it has to be. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. We do love our attorney, please, if you're watching. Yes. Juan says, um, comp of land with little data is available. Ooh, okay. So yesterday afternoon, I got a lead from someone who wants to sell their land near Cumberson, North Carolina. Figuring out how much this land is worth is a bit tricky. There haven't been many recent sales around here and not too many people seem to be selling land in the area right now. But there are some good things about the land I should mention. It's easy to get to and it's not in a flood zone or wetlands. It looks pretty flat too. I checked it out a bit on Google Maps and noticed it's got a big front area lot along the Route 60. Plus it's got its own private road that goes into the property. Here's what I'm thinking. The market might not be great at the moment, so maybe buying the land isn't the best idea. Number two, since not many people are selling their land, there might not be much of uh, options to choose from in the market. So the challenge is figuring out how much the land is really worth. Any ideas on how to do that? I wonder where he got this lead from. Like, is he sending letters to this area? Like, it'd be yeah. interesting to know. But anyways, so yeah. you know, I would say to this. I'm not sure. What would you say to it, Heather? I would say roll the dice. I mean, <laughs> it's a gamble. Go yeah. on. It's all a gamble. Yeah, and if you don't have... 
if you don't have that that comp data, you know, mm-hmm. it, things are definitely uncertain. I look at things like this, though, like this happens sometimes, you know, where you get what seems to be a good property in an area where there's just no not a lot of sales happening. Not and much then action, you look, as you would say. Yeah. And then you look, though, and there's not a lot of listings either. Mm-hmm. So I've had that go both ways. Like sometimes sometimes those areas are great because you put a property on the market and then like there's a there's this demand for these properties it's like they never come up yeah exactly. it sells right away sometimes it's just a a dead area <laughs> you know mm-hmm. one indication that i normally look at is that is are there listings and no sales like if there's a bunch of listings very few sales i stay away from those areas mm-hmm. if it's a situation where you just look at all the sales that have happened like i look through the history there may not be a lot of sales and or maybe not a lot of similar sales to that type of property but anytime a property does come up like how long does it stay on the market if it's priced reasonably you know not overpriced stuff but like if it's priced reasonably you look at the history did it like go on the market and sell right away or did it go on the market and sit there for a year and then someone negotiated and then bought it you know like so those are two different things. So regardless, though, when you don't have all that data, you're taking a bigger risk. So you just have to be comfortable with that. And know that you don't have all that information, but you just try to piece together as much of that as it can. The other thing that's really important in an area like this is to get broker, local broker opinions. Definitely. Because they may be able to tell you like, hey, I, I sell everything that I get in this area. It's just I'm it's so hard to listings. get listings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get people calling me all the time. That information is super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. And that can generally help you make your mind up. Right. And if they're like, uh, it's just kind of really quiet. I mean, yeah. I'd have to be really cheap. It'd probably take a while. Yeah. And um, the other thing is don't get, don't get too not excited, I guess, or comfortable that it's a cool piece of land because you mm-hmm. can have a really cool piece of land in the middle of nowhere and it's not going to make it a cool piece of land. And if you're doing your job right, you're only going to own that cool piece of land for like 30, 60 days, something like right. that. Right. So, you know, cause it, I'm, and a lot of times we've seen stuff um, and it's like, wow, this is, I mean, the frontage, it's like the perfect size. It's got beautiful trees, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But no one wants to live there. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Anyways, location, yeah. location, location. That's yeah, true. the first thing. True. Um, okay. Kyle says, quit my job. That's all he said? No, I just wanted to make it dramatic because oh. it's pretty a big, yeah. big deal. So can we add some like background music? Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm wrapping. See, he, he's rapping. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm wrapping up my second deal. And I was wondering if you wanted to do if you wanted to do this full time, how long would you wait to quit your job? Or at what point would you make the jump? Our first deal went very, very well. I added the second very and the second should do even better. I'm addicted to the process already. Thank you. Wow. Dun, that's dun, that dun. is a that is a conundrum. You have to be at a point where if a few deals don't go so great, you know, because there's ups and downs in this business. Not every not every property we sell is great. And, and ours come in batches. Right. That's just real estate in general. It's feast and famine. Yeah. And that's one of the problems with being a real estate agent. Why is mm-hmm. that so, so hard to get momentum in that business? Because these closings, it's not like you get a paycheck every week. You get a paycheck once a month. Then you might get if you're lucky. Yeah. Then then you might get a paycheck and, and another 90 days mm-hmm. and then get two that month. You know, like it's so sporadic when you're starting. And it's the same thing with this this land flipping business, too. You, you It's going to be very uneven, most likely, unless you're super lucky or super good or mm-hmm. whatever. It's mostly going to be pretty uneven until you get to the point where you've got a lot of deals in the works and. You know that like, hey, I've got five deals closing this month. And even if three you know, of them, th- fall, yeah, out, three of them fall out, you're still going to be good. You know, so you just everyone's situation is different. I don't know what, what your situation is. And, uh, you know, just make sure you've got, you know, if you've got a backstop, you know, say you've got an account with with enough money that's that's going to be your living expenses for a while. If, if you've got some lean months or something like that, then, you know, I'm. I'm more on the aggressive side. If I had that and and even if I was starting this business and things were going well and I understood it and everything and I knew I could do well with it, I would I would get out of my W-2. But Heather is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, I'm sure. And she would probably be more cautious than that. But I don't want to put words in your well, mouth. Well, I so. mean, I would look. Do you have a partner that you're sharing expenses with? Do you have children you're supporting? That changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, kids. Um, I don't know your age. Are you close to, you know, retirement? Or, you know, I don't know any of this kind of stuff. I think that that... If it's just you or even just you and a partner. Do you have a great deal under contract? Well, submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, 
we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. You can live a lot leaner than if you have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, emergencies come up. It's totally different if you, you know, hurt, not hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think the the big thing is sit down and look at your expenses, you know, do the six months to a year an emergency fund kind of thing so that and then look at your pipeline of of what's closing. I always go into it every single time we get something in escrow. I say it's not going to close. Mm-hmm. And every single time you say it's going to close. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm positive you're the negative. And you know what? We average out. Yes. it's It averages exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know? You know, when this business gets fun is when every, you're not riding on every closing, mm-hmm. meaning that like deals are going to fall out, things are going to happen, and delays are going to no happen. Big deal. Yeah. And then when it happens, it's like, okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not stressing out about it. Now it's, it gets, it's very stressful. When you're relying on every single closing, that's real estate in general. Like mm-hmm. when we were starting out in the real estate, you know, business and everything, it's like when you need that that commission check, when you need that closing to happen in order to pay some bills or something mm-hmm. like that, it, it's it's very stressful. You know, well, like everything's riding on it. Yeah, you know? desperate people do desperate things. Yeah, I remember that all the time. If someone comes to us with something, I'm like, is this a desperate person? Because they're not thinking right. Mm-hmm. And it's true, even if you're not like desperate, but it's it's like that. If you're waiting for that paycheck to come or this closing to take care of all these things, you've now put yourself in a desperate situation. You're not going to make the best long term decisions. Yeah. I mean, there were times when we, you know, younger and we had closings that were supposed to close and everything. And it'd be the point where like, OK, if I if I pay my uh, mortgage payment after Friday, it's going to be it's going to be late. Uh, so we're like. Uh, this deal is supposed to close Tuesday. It doesn't close Tuesday. We're relying on this commission check to pay mm-hmm. our mortgage payment or something. And then it doesn't close Wednesday because some other delay. And then it closes Thursday late in the day or something like that. And we're like running down the title company to get a check and then depositing in her account and then paying, you know. Yeah, and then so we, like, like, all, all and then we had a, more than enough money. Right. And that that becomes um, a situation where it's like a maturity level. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and we weren't living extravagantly. No, we had kids and lots of expenses and everything like and that. Emergencies and emergencies come up. That's That's the, thing you don't really take into account for. Right. So would I ever want someone to be in that situation? No. No, but you know, you gotta, you know, a lot of people are in a position where you're going to go through that. You're going to go through Mm -hmm. that ups and downs and you know, you got to scrape, you got to like, you got to really go through some of that, I think, in in order to get to the other side. And there is another side, I could tell you that. Uh, But you know, it's not, it's not all easy. And sometimes you got to go through some tough stuff to Mm -hmm. get to the good stuff. Yeah. I just, I would like, you know, you say you want better for your kids. I mean, thankfully we always had enough for how, how I don't know, but we always did, but I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know, if you don't experience those lows, you can't experience the highs Yes, and you can't appreciate like, wow, this is really, you know, really good. Um, I think it's, it's healthy to how, I wonder if that took years off of my life though, because I'm a warrior. You're yeah. not, it'll work yeah. out. It'll be fine. And I'm like, we're dying. We're going to be dead. It always worked out right. Heather? It always did. And I have no idea how, and sometimes I was almost pissed off. Cause I was like, this is the end. And you were like, it'll be fine. And then it was fine. And I was like, he's not going to feel this pain. You just need to figure out where your comfort level is. Have some sort of backup, take into account children. If you have a partner that's working, do you love your job? There's no reason to quit your job if you love your job while you're building up. If you absolutely hate your job and your quality of life sucks, then maybe that's a consideration too. Yeah. Or if you can really ramp this business up if you actually had the time to do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All of our first deals are always our best deals. Have you noticed that? Like, I don't know. For some reason, we've always blown it out of the park. So wait till that second one closes, reevaluate it. But, you know, take, take a bit of Pete and I. Go the middle ground. Okay. Okay. One last question from Dennis. Advice for a new land investor. I was looking to invest in real estate houses and quickly found that to be a little expensive and complicated for a beginner. So I was drawn to land for both of those reasons. I saw people making a lot of money flipping land. No ARV, no tenants, etc. seemed like a perfect fit to me. Uh, the land business seems simple enough. Took Pete's course and watched countless land investment videos and find myself so confused and overwhelmed now. Perk tests, surveys, easements. Even Pete said in one of his podcasts, almost every deal has some sort of issue. I got into this thinking it's buy dirt low, sell dirt high. And now I find myself getting paralyzed and unable to get started. Any help? Appreciate you all. All right. First of all, it's buy dirt low, sell dirt, not high, but for a reasonable amount. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Don't don't try to hold out too high. Yeah. The other thing, too, um, I, before I even get into it, is that he was saying that like, 
Um, Pete even said in one of his podcasts, almost every deal has some sort of issue. And yes, absolutely. And But that's actually the power of it. Because if you can mitigate the issue, then you can make the money. Yeah. You know, if, if it was so simple that anybody could do it just because like, I have an extra 10 minutes, I'm going to flip a piece of land. You know what I mean? There, there, you know, there's generally always a problem to solve. But a lot of times I have to have a caveat there. It's not like it's a make or break type problem. Fatal or something. Issue. Yeah. yeah. It's like issues come up. Things are not perfect. So you either try to solve the issue or you just move past it. So, and you sell the property with that issue in, in mind, you know, mm-hmm. you just close it or whatever, but regardless, there's always going to be speed bumps along the way. Things are not, things are not always smooth. And I, I understand the perspective as well, that there's uh it, it may get overwhelming, especially if you're listening to lots of podcasts and doing all this information. You went through the training program. Now, obviously, the training program, uh, I did it in that way that was really extensive. It would have been very easy for me to put together a very basic program where I just kind of glossed over the details and made it sound really easy. It's like the whole kiss thing. We talked right. about that. Like, keep it simple, stupid. Right. Like, should you have just done like, you know, this is a curtain or should you go into the details of it so you can understand it? And right. you did it so that it could grow with you. In anticipation that you would kind of feel that like, wow, okay, now you've got the big picture and now you go back on through all the pieces. Yeah, right? exactly. You'll, you'll pick up lots of information as you go. Mm-hmm. Doing the deals, though, is the important thing. Like, don't get don't get caught up in trying to know everything because you're not really going to know. You're not going to really learn this business until you actually do it. You, you got to like send out the mail. You got to get right. the leads. You got to get, you know, got to go through all these processes. That's how you really learn. Right. And you need to have a basic understanding of the sense that like when escrow or, you know, whatever you're thinking, okay, septic, you need to know what that word means. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I grew up, we didn't have septic tanks. And so we include all that in in anticipation of someone maybe would grow up the same kind of thing. You don't have to understand, you know, dirt engineering. You don't. You need to know that that goes into septic approvals and all that. So take it as it comes. Right. Yeah. And I, then I would write out where you're overwhelmed, write out like I'm overwhelmed. Like I think you kind of did. Okay. Now take a, an hour, give yourself an hour and read all you can on septic systems or whatever your other issues were. Chunk it down one piece mm-hmm. at a time. Focus on putting your list together and getting that mail out. Step one, you're going to have questions as you do that. That's why we've got the community. The community mm-hmm. is there for help. If you run it, you know, one little piece at a time, like say you have a question about how to do this one little part of that. You either look it up in my training program or you ask the community and people will help you, believe me. So you don't need to know everything now. You just need to know how to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to get to the next step, then ask someone that can help you get to that next step. Yeah. But and I'm going to say also go back through the program Yep. and just say, okay, I'm going to take it step by step by step, write your own notes and go from there. That's right. Yeah. So. Some good questions today, weren't there? Yeah, and I I like that because the I, I like that 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 he felt that it was too much. Mm, yes, that's that was the goal. Mm-hmm. So um, because, like I said, we you didn't want to create something that was kind of just surface it, level. Yeah. yeah, and also like I didn't want it to look like um, oh you know your three year old nephew can do sunshine this. and roses. Yeah, and, because yeah. it's a it's a real business, and that's the whole thing is like you're building a real business, and a lot of people get lost in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're new to business. So mm-hmm. you've got the whole being a business person and then you've got the whole running you know, like the, the details yeah. of like this business. Right. So it's, it's a lot to get through, mm-hmm. but you, you're going to learn it by doing it. That's yeah. the big thing. It takes some action. Yeah. Join the community. That's going to mm-hmm. be your first thing. You're going to be around other people who are doing the same exact kind of thing. And and um, it's a great wealth of information. It's free. So at no cost to you. Free, fun, you know, free, fun, of, free and fun. Yes. Or at no cost, yes. <laughs> the buzzwords. Uh, yes. You know, do you know why that started? Why I'm why? so specific on on words and stuff is because when we started working with Disney and stuff, mm. and I called them rides and their attractions, mm. yes. and it made me realize that words have words have consequences. They do. They really do. So, Especially the wrong words. Right. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so where can everyone find you? Because we've got it. We we are over our limit. Where can they yeah. find you? Okay. Well, there's a number of things that I just want to recap quickly. First of all, if you're looking to find me on social media, mm-hmm. at Reese Peter, that's on, on Instagram. Also, YouTube. We're putting a lot of effort into our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and to find it there, it's just that at 
Turning Profit. Obviously, it's the Turning Profit podcast. You can find this podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. Just search Turning Profit. The other thing on the major podcast platforms that we have just released is we've actually released the Land Conquest training program. So if you're driving, driving your in your car, at the gym, W2, walking, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing that's away from your computer, you can actually just listen to it and, and absorb that information as well. So to find that, those, you need to search for Land Conquest, two separate words, and it'll pull up in any of the major, well, it actually Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, it's on those. Other things, uh, turningprofit.com, on that site, that's the website for our podcast, but on that site, we post a monthly income report, a land flipping income report. So in that report, we detail all, when I say we, it's me. I detail it's not me. all the statistics of our business, you know, like the for that month. So all the revenue, the profit we made, all the deals that we sold that month. Like we broke down the lake here. I kind of break down all the properties that we did that month. You know, like what we bought them for, what we sold it for, or profit, return on investment, all this kind of thing. And some notes with each of those properties as well. So put a lot of effort into that. So if- Is there any um, behind the scenes of me um, yelling in the background on those? Because I think I do help you with some of the filming. Oh, you do? So okay. listen, maybe I'll make sure to to make myself known there. Yeah, Pete, so the- <laughs> repeat that. Say that louder. There's a, there's a blog post version of that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a video that goes with that as well. Let's see what else. Landconquest.com. That's where you'll find our community. Uh, inside the community, we do regular Zoom deal evaluation calls that are free to the community members as well, or no cost to community members as well. And in those, I think those are really valuable, actually. Basically, community members submit deals, and then I share my screen. I look at those deals on my computer, and I evaluate them like I would be evaluating a deal that we would be buying with our own company, show you what I look for, and I show you how I you know, and I come up with an estimated value of what I think you could resell the property for. Our oldest is your co-host. Yes, for Maddie those. is the co-host. Yeah, yeah. So if you have, you know, kids or you or yourself or in your 20s or whatever, mm-hmm. there's yep. someone your age in doing yeah. it as well. Yeah, that's land flipping. And I guess that's about it. Anything else that I missed, Heather? No, there might have been. your uh, Instagram is kind of the... At Reese Peter, yeah, my last name first. Yeah. Social media. If you have a mm-hmm. better name for him, he's still looking for options. I'm thinking about changing it to Pete. Dot Reese. And Heather's going to say no dot no. Pete underscore Reese? No underscore no. Like Reese Peter, that's that's a bad. Well, it's better than that because it's just going to pull up. No one's going to remember the dot or the underscore. Okay, well, we'll leave you, you with that. We'll just okay. fight about this behind the scenes. <laughs> okay. And um, But yeah, if you have a better idea, please, we need help. Yeah. And on the screen here, you'll, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that there are some videos here that are some of our favorite past videos. So Click up here or up here. I'm not sure where it's at. Somewhere (laughs) here. All right. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. See you then. Thanks. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.